Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in on a rainy Friday. Yes, that's right. There's rain falling outside. After 210 days in central Mississippi, we are getting rain. It's been that bad around here. Hopefully it doesn't dampen your spirits on a Friday, though. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us and being a part of the show. Yes, Richard's off because it's a day that ends in Y. Uh, He'll be back on, uh, well, maybe not Monday because, again, day ends with Y, stuff like that. I'm Borky. He's Haydad. Glad that you guys are with us. There is a ton Going on right now, we've got major news in the college football world, and uh, we'll get to that at, at some point today. Uh, uh, college football media is losing its collective mind, screaming about due process for Jim Harbaugh, but they're totally silent when players get their eligibility held over their heads, uh, and they have to prove their innocence instead of the NCAA having to prove their innocence. But God, Harbaugh deserves his rights, dang it. Anyway. We'll get to that later. More importantly, to lead the show off today... Yes! How about the Gold Eagles, Brian Hayden? That's a good win. It's a good win to go on the road. Another big night for Frank Gore that they're... they're it's, it's obviously it's too late for them to come, come together to get to a bowl game or anything like that. But they they are finishing the season strong, and these last two games, you know, they're going to be underdogs in those games. But they they look very happy to play the spoiler role in those games. Yeah, so they get, you could spoil for state, but you could try. They uh, they get the win last night. A uh, a fun football game. They win in overtime. A great night, as you said, for Frank Gore. Uh, a lot of college football people were locked into that one. I noticed, uh, you know, the, the game you had Louisville, Virginia, and when that game ended, a lot of college football folks that I follow were like, "Uh, hey, find the Southern Miss game. It's electric right now." And so, uh, probably got a good audience uh, late in that one for whatever that's worth to you. But yeah, what a night for them, man! It, it I, I got a laugh out of it, and I feel bad uh, for laughing, but the, the announcer was not trying to say what they said, but they, they had the graphic up of Southern Miss's offense pre-relinquishing play-calling duties and post-relinquishing play-calling duties, and clearly they are, they're, they've are they been much better. Uh, 
probably have a permanent situation on their hands. And, you know, didn't have a great night at the quarterback position last night and still ran all over on the road and and won again. Uh, But the announcer was like, you know, after they made that change, Southern Miss's offense is really taking off. And I thought, okay, so when the coach stopped coaching, the team got better? That's not good. (laughs) That's a bad thing, but... I mean, he's still coaching. Of course. It's just, so you know, he's he's doing it in a different – he's coaching. He's coaching the whole team now instead of, you know, putting all of his time into coming up with the offensive game plan. And it's worked. It's worked for Southern Miss. This is one of those things where if you're a Southern Miss fan or if you're Will Hall, maybe even you're sort of kicking yourself like, we could have done this five weeks ago. We'd be sitting at a bowl game right now. Yeah, seriously. And, uh, yeah, and I, I felt good for Will Hall. So a lot of coaches – and we've seen it in the past, um, like during losing streaks, uh, during tough seasons, uh, they lash out. I mean, l- look at Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech um, ha- had a beat writer at practice, a guy that has covered the team for quite some time and, and is, you know, an admitted like supporter of Louisiana Tech. He- he's not a guy that's a contrarian and coming in to try to get – a big gig elsewhere, and so he's he's overly critical and stuff. No, this is a guy that's a Louisiana Tech guy, right? And uh, gets called in front of the entire team at practice, and the coach would, would be the equivalent of Paul Jones at Mississippi State. Would be the equivalent of of Chuck Roundsville at Ole Miss, basically. This mm-hmm. Gets pulled in front of the entire team and has to introduce himself to the team and tell them you know what he does and, and what his platforms are, and then gets banned from covering the team in front of the entire team. Get, gets brought in front of them and is like enemy of the program, stuff like that, in front of the team like as they're on a knee like next to the coach. That's what losers do. That's what a lot of coaches do when they're losing. They, they lash out at media. They... In some cases, like Houston Nutt, just kind of quit. You know, just give up, even though they're still technically there. Uh, they're not really there. To Will Hall's credit, man, you could see it on his face after the game last night and and how how happy he was because he didn't do anything like that. He didn't lash out at media. If you listen to all of his interviews with Eagle Hour, he was still positive, like, hey, you know, we're working. We're going to do this. Like, there was never any any of that garbage that you see so often in college sports. It was just forward focus. Teams losing, it, it's got to kind of be pride swallowing a bit too for a, a guy to give up play calling duties to somebody else. I mean that that, that takes a little bit. At least I think it does. It, it, it's a sign of character, and the, the team is playing better, and they figured it out, and they've won a couple of games, and and now they have a chance to end the season on a high note. I was happy to see that from Will Hall because he handled losing for whatever it's worth to you out there. Very differently than we've seen other coaches in that exact position handle it in the past. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, and, and again, sort of going back to what we what I said yesterday about a, a good coach will find ways to win, and a bad coach will dig in his heels and just want to do it his way. You have to credit Will Hall for saying, "Okay, this isn't working. We've got to make a change." And and, and the thing is, when you make a change like that, you don't know that it's going to work. You don't, you know, you're just, you. but you're, sometimes you have to make a change for change's sake. You have to do something differently because what you're doing at that moment doesn't work. So Will Hall did that. Now he's getting results. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I'm just going to go ahead and give you the, 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 the heads up. I'm nervous about next Saturday. Now, I, I'm not saying, you know, these are two not really good teams, right? State's not a good SEC team. Southern's not a really good Sun Belt team. But one of them is playing with some passion 
and playing better football right now, and the other one, I'm not seeing that. So I still think State will win because at the end of the day it is an SEC team versus a Sunbelt team, but that's the only thing I'm holding on to. Everything else points to USM. So could be a very interesting Saturday next week uh, in, in Starkville. Yeah, I was I was gonna get there uh, for uh, I was gonna get there for sure because um, hmm, game's got possibly a little bit of juice now. But for now, uh, Frank Gore Jr. was the star last night. Uh, there were a lot of people I saw mm-hmm. on social media that was like, "Wait, Frank Gore's kid plays at Southern Miss? That's awesome!" So uh, he got introduced to some people last night. Last few where, games, he's been you electric been for the last four years. Know, he's been right? dominating. Yeah. 158 yards on the ground, five per carry, couple of touchdowns for Frank Gore last night. He was the star. But, man, there, there was that moment in the game where I mean, Southern Miss played well early, got out to the 14-7 lead, and then gave up the kick return for a touchdown. And I had that thought. I was like, oh, word I can't use on the radio. They're about to find a way to lose again. What was my thought? Is they're going to figure it out. They're, they're going to find a way to lose here. And for four quarters, they responded. You know, on the road to short week, and, and they started well, and then then got punched back, and then they responded, and then they got punched back again, and they responded, they, and they they just kept countering every punch that Louisiana, the Cajuns were throwing at them, and then won a game in uh, in overtime. So I, I was very happy for Southern Miss and, fans and Will Hall after that one for sure. And another thing, you know, talk about changing what wasn't working. The I, the fact that throughout the season they weren't giving the ball to Frank Gore. As much as they need, they need, I mean, he needs thirty touches. That's a thirty touch guy. You know, he is a true bell cow running back. He is the the leader. He is the guy who has to go for your offense to go. They found the formula and they started giving him the ball. And I don't think it's any, uh, it's it is no surprise that they are more successful offensively when Frank Gore is getting his touches. Simple as that. Simple as that. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. You want to be a part of the show? That's how you do it. Ben says, "Ben says congrats to Southern Miss." Uh, another one here. Even Todd Munkin had to give up being an offensive coordinator. Hall's a good coach. Hard to do both at USM. You see that a lot more. At least I think you do in the NFL. I mean, you've got offensive minded guys. To use a local example, I mean, Kiffin's got a play sheet in his hand. He's talking in the headset, but he has an OC that does call plays. Uh, you see in the NFL often, though, where a head coach is, is, is doing all that. Not so much uh, in college. It's a lot more, as a head coach in college, you've, you've got to deal with a lot more. Whereas at the next level, guys are more mature, maybe. You, you don't have to micromanage yeah. an NFL team as much as you do a college team. Well, And, and you have all day. Yeah, you know, that's your, everybody's job. They get to the office at seven a.m. They work till six, seven, eight, nine p.m. It's not, hey, we've got three hours of practice and that's all we've got today. We we get this message. So if Mississippi State was playing James Madison, Ryan, I don't, I, I don't want to spoil the mood on a Friday, you, would, but I don't think you want to know what what could possibly happen there. Yeah, I would, I would take, I would take James Madison to win. We will talk about. I mean, that. last week I thought I thought Jacksonville State had a real shot against South Carolina last week, and they did. They were in that game until the end. James Madison is better than Jacksonville State. I don't think the Mississippi State is better than South Carolina. They did lose to them. Figure it out. 
601-879-4395 is the text line. We'll talk more about this when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Just a few friends. Just a few friends. Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. We've got two questions coming up here in a little bit. High school football playoffs start. So we'll talk to Will East about that here shortly. We'll get picks from Bruce Marshall. We'll give you our picks and more. But we got to continue celebrating Southern Miss's win last night. Two-game winning streak for the Golden Eagles. Get a opportunity in Starkville on Saturday. And so, hey, Dad, you said after that uh, result you're a little bit nervous. And uh, yeah. uh, what what... Was there any reaction from other state fans about that result last night, knowing who's coming up? I, I just think that right now Mississippi State fans, it's more about state than anything else, right? They could be playing anybody next Saturday, all, just about anybody. And, and people, people would say, don't feel good about it. State is not in a good place right now. I don't know where, I don't know where they are going to be offensively. Uh, I, you know, from a, a coaching staff that, you know, has to have some idea of the fact that it's in a lot of trouble, that it that, that, that their their jobs are, are on the line, and you know I just I just don't know, I just don't know enough about Mississippi State right now and how they're going to play. You know, if State comes out tomorrow and you know looks competent in defeat and and they they you know it's a close game and they're they're in it, then you you turn around and you're like okay they're fine they're they're going to beat they'll beat up some beat up on Southern, but. If they go out and they, you know, they they score seven points again. I mean, right now, do you trust Mississippi State to score more than seventeen points in a game against anybody? Is Will Rogers playing? I don't know. I don't think so. So he's really not going to play until the Egg Bowl. I don't know. I and mean, they just they they they, they they they've got it so shrouded in mystery over there. I'm telling somebody just needs to give that kid an NIL deal. Just be like, hey, just tell us what's, what's going on. Here's a thousand bucks. This is why MSU should be happy. I don't have money. Because <laughs> I would do. I would be like, "Hey, Will, here's five hundred bucks. What's wrong? I'm going to report that." Yeah, it, it is kind of bizarre, right? When uh, when you hear a player's and I know with quarterback it's different, right? But but when you hear a player's practicing, you expect them to at some point in the very near future to play. I mean, that was big news this week with with Ole Miss in Georgia, right? It was Brock Bowers is practicing this week? Well, then I assume the Ole Miss staff was like, got to prepare for him to be on the field. If it's 50 snaps, it's, if it's five, got to prepare for Brock Bowers. He's, he's going to be there. He's practicing. And so to hear that he's been practicing the whole time and, and still just getting day-to-day, day-to-day, well, day-to-day means you're coming back soon. When you're saying day-to-day for weeks, then what the heck are you talking about? That, that, that just logically doesn't make sense. Week to week is what right. he's been, apparently, but you keep calling it day to day. And if I'm a state fan, I'm like, what the hell am I going to see Will Rogers? Am I going to see him again? Yeah. Ever? It's, frust- it's frustrating when you're, and we talked a little bit about this last week, and I know some people are saying, well, coaches should be allowed to do what they want, and that's fine. But you can't deny that it's frustrating as a fan 
when you, you just don't have any idea. You know, if you're a Saints fan and Derek Carr, you know, hurts gets hurt, the Saints are going to come out and be like, yeah, he's hurt, and it's going to be four to six weeks. And then you can, you can, you know, you can, as a fan, you know, and, and again, coaches may not owe this to fans. I would, I would disagree with that to a certain extent, but that's fine. But you have that knowledge. You're just like, okay, well, you know, it's going to be Jameis these next few weeks and they got to get through it. You know, Will Rogers has been out now for this is the fourth game. I don't, I don't, I don't believe he's going to play tomorrow. And it's just, it's just four weeks of just not knowing of just like, he might play. He could play. Is he okay? It, if nothing else, there are people who, who are Will Rogers fans who are like, is the kid okay? Yeah. Is he all right? Is he going to, you know, what's his football career going to look like after this? How bad is this injury? Nobody knows. And then you do wonder, I mean, if he does play in the Egg Bowl, uh, yeah, health, like, if he if he's, like, can he play effectively? I mean, what's that? And, of course, if, no. he, if he wants to go, you let him go. Of course you do, but still. Yeah, and he's been practicing. He's been practicing, so I, I guess it's not a question of being rusty or anything, but, you know, against an Ole Miss defense that's quick to the quarterback, they get pressure. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any idea? Again, if the, ma- the main thing to consider is I don't. I don't. Robbie said on Robbie Falk said on uh, his on our podcast today that he thinks that Marks could be out for the year, and Marks is just it's just not progressing the way they want him to. I guess so. You know, I, but again, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can only I can only guess and, and give you you know educated guesses and conjecture and stuff like that. Now, the main thing to take into consideration with State is this though with with Rogers. Against USM, it probably does make a difference. But against A&M and Ole Miss, it doesn't. If he doesn't play, he plays. State can't win those. State's not going to win those games. We got this message. Uh, Trey says, "Can't believe you guys haven't mentioned Michigan yet." Well, we did at the beginning, but you, you had to. We had to give love to Southern Miss to start the show for their uh, for their win last night. But um, yeah, so Jim Harbaugh, you can look. You can look literally, literally. Anywhere else in sports media right now, and get that story. If you find me another place that started with USM winning, you let me know. There isn't an, a, another place. Yeah. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh was handed down a three-game suspension from the Big Ten again. That's the Big Ten. That is not the NCAA. That is the Big Ten. The caveat is those three games, the final three games of the regular season. Uh, but he can coach during the week. Just cannot be on the sidelines during game day. And uh, the Big Ten released a pretty scathing uh, reason why. And friend of the program, Ross Dellinger, has a little bit more. Here's uh, something that he shared on X, formerly known as Twitter. Quote from Ross. A week ago, during a call, the NCAA and President Charlie Baker informed the Big Ten that the organization's investigation could prove, could prove, that videos taken through in-person scouting from seats purchased by Connor Stallions were delivered back to the Michigan Staff, So they've got something. This is not the end of it. Michigan's going to file some kind of legal injunction to stop the Big Ten from doing this. But that is, uh, as of right now, Harbaugh's not coaching tomorrow on the field, but he can do everything else involved with it. I have a feeling they're going to get a friendly judge to do the legal stuff and billable hours are going to win. What has frustrated me about this story is guys like Brett McMurphy, who I like, but he said, Big Ten worried about Michigan's, quote, competitive advantage with sign-stealing allegations, yet the league suspending a head coach less than 24 hours before kickoff isn't a big competitive advantage for Penn State? 
Major lack of leadership by the Big Ten. Another one, Aaron Torres says, Big Ten and Tony Petiti are an embarrassment. If Michigan broke rules, they deserve punishment. They also deserve due process. Zero percent a fair investigation was done in two weeks. Embarrassing. Uh, So on the McMurphy front, whose fault is that that Michigan is getting punished right now? Whose fault is that that it's going to impact their game tomorrow? It is it is Michigan's fault. So I mean, what what do you suggest they do, Brett? Do you, do you suggest that they don't levy any punishments or, or hold anybody accountable? I mean, what are you talking about? What what punishment will not impact Michigan that will also be punitive? So that, that that's so stupid. Well, it's not fair to the players. Now you know it's probably not. But they also benefited from the cheating scheme to some degree or another. And I know it's different. But those of you out there, I know some of you, I know somebody who has had to go to jail for things that they've done. It rarely, if ever, only impacts the person that was found guilty in court. Punishments do impact other people. So I'm sorry to the Michigan players that your coach and your program was caught cheating the game systemically for years, and that might cost you the football game tomorrow. I'm sorry. And then the due process thing. Crying about Jim Harbaugh not getting due process is pathetic when that is the entire NCAA's existence, not giving people due process. Southern Miss basketball got shot to the moon based on testimony that changed three times. Dante Moncrief had his eligibility held over his head, was told he couldn't play in a game until his brother, a college graduate with two jobs, could prove or was willing to prove to the NCAA that he purchased his own car. That's not due process. But nobody cares when it's that. But suddenly, Jim Harbaugh needs his rights. The discourse around this is frustrating to me. They were caught red-handed for years systemically cheating the game. Not buying players, cheating the games. And we're crying that Harbaugh's not getting fair treatment? Did Ohio State get fair treatment last year when Michigan went in there and knew their signals and beat them? Was that fair? No. So why are we crying for fairness for Jim Harbaugh? It's ridiculous. Said it all. I mean, this is the NCAA, though, since when, you know, who got's fair? Nobody nobody cares about fair. Fair fair is where you uh, go ride the Ferris wheel. 601-879-4395 is the text line. High school football playoffs. We got some of your messages as well on the uh, the Rodgers injury thing. We'll get to those as well. But high school football playoffs are here, so we will talk about those when we come back. At the Bama Breeze, you're one of our own down there. You never drink alone down there. Good God, I feel at home. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
Orky and Haydad with you. Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. We got this message, and thanks for the USM recognition. We need it. Mike says, I'm a USM lifer for life, but as good as our victory was last night, I'm afraid, with few exceptions, namely Gore, we have a poor offense. State should be able to put this game away. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that a, a little bit next week. But, man, there's no doubt. I mean, they showed the graphic. I, I know I got kind of a laugh out of it because, again, they were saying that when the coach stopped coaching, the team got better. I, I know it's more nuanced than that, but that cracked me up. Anyway, Southern Miss's offense is clearly playing much better lately. Um, and so, yeah, have some confidence in your team. They, they That was a big win last night, an important win, especially when uh, a couple of things didn't go their way throughout the course of it. Turning our page now to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Will East. Our boss here at Super Talk, and also, uh, I assume, pretty fired up for the playoffs tonight. High school football playoffs already yeah. here. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of the most fun nights of the year. But next week, just to give you a little bit of a preview, I don't know who's going to make it. I have some guesses, but I don't know who's going to make it exactly next week. But next week is the most fun week of the year because you have so many games from top to bottom. You'll have a couple upsets tonight, so there'll be some surprises next week. It's it's my favorite week of the season outside of the opening week of the season. But uh, looking at the games tonight, kind of starting in 7A, the north part of 7A is really wide open right now. Uh, Tupelo is is the king of the north right now, but there's several teams that I could see making a run at it. Madison Central takes on Lewisburg tonight at Lewisburg. Madison Central has the defense to play with anybody in the state. The question is their offense. Can they score points? Can they keep from turning the ball over? If they can stop turning over the ball and maybe score a few points here and there, their defense is good enough to keep them in any game. Uh, Startville is another one. Incredibly talented roster. When they have everything clicking, they're as good as it gets. But they don't always have everything clicking, hence you get a 36-6 to loss against Tupelo like they had last week. So uh, Tupelo's cream of the crop right now in the north part of the state in 7A, but there's some other teams in there that can make a run at it. Uh, the Germantown-Oxford game is going to be kind of interesting. I have no clue who's going to win that one. Germantown has been kind of up and down and all over the place this year, and so is Oxford, especially early on. They've gotten a little bit better as the season went along, but uh, that one's kind of up in the air. In the south part of 7A right now, the most interesting game maybe of the night is Meridian at Ocean Springs. Ocean Springs is a team that I did not think would do as well as they have done. They're 9-1 right now. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost their coach. I really thought that they were going to struggle this year. But they're going to be facing a Meridian team that is maybe the biggest surprise in the entire Mississippi high school football system right now. I, I was stunned at how good they are later on down the stretch. They haven't made the playoffs since 2017, so they're they're back in the playoffs. Got a new head coach, Marcus Broyles, there, a guy who's won multiple state championships at different stops at Wayne County, Taylorsville, a couple other places. And they have this kid by the name of Daniel Hill who everybody is recruiting right now, running back, who's been known to run for 300-plus yards in a game here and there. And uh, when he's clicking, Meridian's really good. And so Ocean Springs, even though – they're hosting a team that is five and six. They, the, Meridian's hot right now, uh, and if they get Daniel Hill running downhill, uh, it could be dangerous for Ocean Springs. So they got to watch out there. Other than that, I would say probably Gulfport hosting Pearl. That's kind of an interesting one. Gulfport has a six and four record. 
They're the number two seed in Region Four, but I, I think Gulfport is 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 a pretty good, solid football team. So I, I'm going to be keeping my eye on, eye on that one. In six A, in the north part of the state, South Panola is the big surprise this this year, guys. Uh, for six A, uh, nine. Isn't that weird one. to say? It is. But if you've been following South Panola, they've made the playoffs every single year, you know, for what twenty something years now. But they just haven't been that dominant team that we knew, you know, as the University of South Panola. They they dipped down a good bit. A lot of that has to do with the demographics, people moving. North Panola's gotten better. As North Panola's gotten better, South Panola's kind of gone down a little bit. But this year they're in this this six A that's it's that's all new basically, and they're doing really well. They're nine and one. Uh, and they've got a real shot at this thing, especially in the north part of it, where their their big competition is probably going to be Warren Central, who plays Saltillo tonight. But the real strength of 6A is in the south part, where you have Picayune, where you have West Jones. Luke Johnson gave a stat to me earlier today that, that West Jones' defense, outside of garbage time touchdowns, has scored more points than they've allowed this year. I believe I have that correct. They've scored something like five touchdowns this year, the defense has, and a safety here and there. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and they've only given up 36 points this entire season. That's it. The team they're playing tonight, Hancock, by the way, last week gave up 49 points. So they gave up more points in one game than West Jones has given up all season long. It's the reason why West Jones is 10 and 10 and 0. Um, but the the south part of of six A is really tough. West Jones, George County, who was bad last year, really good this year. They're eight and three. Picayune, defending five A state champ, back to back defending five A state champ, and Pascagoula, who can throw the ball on just about anybody. They're going to be playing Hattiesburg, and Hattiesburg kind of struggled in the playoffs the last couple of years. So that's kind of six A uh, in a rundown. In five A, you know, in the north part, I would still say West Point, uh, even though they 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 haven't been as you know West Point like as we've seen them in the years past. They're seven and three. They're still a team that can get on a roll and beat anybody on any given Friday night. In the South part, the South part is really wide open right now. I don't know who's going to win this thing. Uh, I think Laurel has the hot hand, and if they if things kind of break right for them, I could definitely see them end up in a five A South uh, title game. I just don't know. The south part of, of 5A is, is is very difficult. So that's the first round for 7A, 6A, and 5A. 4A, 3A, and 2A, they're in the second round. Last week, bunch of crap games, okay, bunch of bad matchups. We did have one upset. Ripley got beat. But usually that's you just, you got teams that have three wins going up against a team that's undefeated. That's kind of what you expect. This is the week where it starts to get a lot better. Uh the biggest game probably in all of 4A tonight, I would say, is Houston at Cenotopia. Houston is 9-1. and one. They've got that kid, William Eccles, is that his name, Borky, who is the um, big defensive tackle who Ole Miss is uh, recruiting right now. They've got that running back who's... Mr. 4A football this year. Mr. 4A football. Okay, I didn't know that. Um They've got the running back Jalen Washington, I believe his name's Jalen Washington, who's committed to, to Southern Miss, who's got an incredible story, uh, and he's he's really good. Amor, uh, Houston's getting things done, but they're facing a Cenotopia team that's ten and one and is averaging something like thirty nine points a game this season. So that would be the if I was going to be at at a four A game tonight, that would probably be the one in the South part. 
four A's the deepest classification this year. You've got Macomb, who's eleven and zero. Columbia, who's eleven and zero. You've got West Lauderdale, who's taking on Amory tonight. That might be my number two game. Uh, they're hosting nine and one Amory. Um, that's a really good one. And then you've got Louisville, who's eleven and zero, who might be the best team in the entire state. So four A's really the deepest class this year. Just kind of glancing at everything in three A. Uh, Three eggs always very difficult to predict, but I would say Winona, a, a North team. It, it's been the South the past couple of years for three A. I would say Winona is the team to beat right now. They're hosting North Panola, and they might match up with Kasuth later on if Kasuth beats East Webster tonight. But um, uh, Winona is doing some incredible things um, in three A. In three A South right now, you know Jefferson Davis County. Here's a road trip for you. Knoxabee County will travel to Bay St. Louis tonight to pay to Ooh. play St. Stanislaus. I don't know the mileage on that, but that's got to be probably the longest road trip of the year for any team. Because they're in Macon, right? Uh, hey, Dad. Yeah. Correct. So let's let's Google this. Macon. You know, I'm not supposed to Google while you're live on air, but I'm going to do it. Macon to uh, it's like our calling card on this show. Yeah, Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Normally the producer does that, but Borky is just well, worse. that's only it, out of here. It's not as far as I thought. It's three hours and 37 minutes <laughs> that the Tigers have to go. That's still a long time to be on the bus before you got to get up and play a football game. I mean, it just is. You know, I don't know if St. Stanislaus can hold off Knoxaby's offense. They've got an incredible offense uh, like they did last year. But, uh, you know, if, if that's a – if you lose, that's a long trip back. Yeah. Okay, to Knoxville County, back to Macon. That is a long trip back. Three hours and thirty-seven minutes minus traffic. So, uh, looking at two A right now in two A. Defending. Can you get this in in a minute. We're we're about to test your metal here. All right, defending uh, state champ Bay Springs ten and one. Still probably the team to beat, but in the north. I would say it's going to be Calhoun City who hosts Northside tonight. Ten and zero, Calhoun City hosting nine and two Northside, and then in one A, I'm going to go with Velma Jackson. Velma Jackson doing some incredible stuff. They're undefeated this year. Uh, also, Hollandale Simmons is undefeated this year, so they'll meet, I believe, in the South part of that. South's really strong in one A this year. Nailed it. I mean, that's ten minutes of high school playoff there preview you go. right there. Uh, scoreboard show tonight. Yes, sir. Scoreboard show tonight at 10 p.m. Perez is making his return. Yes. So there you go. Be on the lookout for that. Starting at 10 o'clock, right? 10 to 1130? Yes, sir. On the station that you're listening to right now. That's Will East, program director here at uh, Super Talk Mississippi on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check I had all these great questions. Oh, well. And go with the home <laughs> I don't team. want to we'll, hear them. We'll be right back. <laughs> What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Rumors and the stories of my past I can't deny. Forky and Haydad with you. We got this message that I work in Baton Rouge. And there's a marketplace next door that serves lunch, and this was the menu. Alligator etouffee. You're going to have to help me out with this second word, hey, Dad. Gator sauce. Is that pequant? Pequant. Pequant. Thank you. Gator gumbo. Smothered gator. Buffalo gator wings. Fried gator. 
and fried gator party trays with Cajun ranch dipping sauce. That sounds great. You ever had gator wings? Not gator wings, no, but I've had gator. Very good. Yeah. No, it's great. It's delicious. I don't think it's worth the price if you're buying it at like a a market that, you know, like a specialty yeah. market where they upcharge the, the heck out of it because it's novelty. But a place like that, yeah. oh, I'm in. Yeah, I would eat it. It's a good first submission. I would eat everything on the menu there. For Food Friday also. Yeah. Smothered gumbo, just like mom made. Or smothered gator, I'm sorry, just like mom made. <laughs> trying to convince, trying to picture what would happen if I told my mom, hey, why don't you cook some gator tonight? I don't think that would have gone over too well. well we just got to go out and uh, God, go out hey and Dad. Yeah, because we just add those around, you know. Oh, uh, man. I uh, I don't know if I could gator hunt. I know people do it mess up and have fun, but, but man, I, I don't know if I could do it. Can't mess up there. No. Yeah, you miss, you, you take a shot at the deer and you miss, the deer runs off, and that's a take a shot at a gator and you miss. Could be a problem. Found out one of my neighbors is feeding deer in their backyard, by the way. Like, there, there is a ton of deer in the neighborhood. Uh, my front yard mm-hmm. is, let's put it this way, often fertilized by deer all the time. And it's kind of weird because it, it's not like a rural neighborhood. I mean, it's it's a regular, like, starter home neighborhood, not big houses, not a whole lot of land, not far apart. There's, like, there, there's a field kind of near it, which is where I assumed they came from. But I, I went on a really long walk this morning in the rain because I don't – I'm not very smart. Um, and I noticed that there's, what are they, a pack of deer? What do you call a group of deer? Doesn't matter. A bunch of deer. A herd, right? A herd. Hanging out in my five doors down neighbor's backyard that, that backs up to this field. And I stop and I'm looking at them, trying to take a picture so I can show my son later that, hey, daddy saw deer in the neighborhood while you were at school. Check this out. And I noticed that they were not only not afraid of me, but they were all huddled around a a little thing. Turns out there's something. It was like a a big bowl, so not like a deer feeder, like like hunters use uh, out in the woods. It it was like they just kind of – it was almost like they were using a small bird bath, but it's black and plastic. And it's filled up with something that the deer are eating. And, like, isn't that, like, illegal – It is. I think it's illegal if you're doing it for hunting purposes. Now, I could be wrong on this. But, that, that, not, but not, that's not my expert. question. Is, I mean, maybe you just love the, the having deer in the backyard, but I know, just, I know if just, yeah, if you're just there's a hunter in that house. Trying to feed the local wildlife. If you're trying to feed the local wildlife, then I think you're okay. But if, yeah, they can prove that you're doing that to draw them in, and, and yeah, then it's a problem. That, see, that's, my, that's what I want to know. And I can't ask him because nosy neighbor. But, like... Dude, I know you hunt. I've seen I've seen you load your bows up into your truck before. I know you hunt, and now you're feeding deer in your backyard. Are you cheating? That's my. That's really what I want to know. Are you cheating? Are you drawing them into your backyard and having a beer on your back porch and boom, popping one in the neighborhood here? Oh, here we go. So apparently, it is legal now to 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 hunt over a broadcast feeder. So. But even like in a residential neighborhood. 
Well, I mean, I guess wherever. I'm telling you, we're not out in the, the woods. Is this is a residential neighborhood. The, the, as, long, as long as you're using a bow, I can't imagine it'd be legal to fire off a rifle in the uh, in the neighborhood. But if you're using a bow, yeah, probably probably totally good. It's cool. I like seeing them. I don't mind having them around. I mean, they don't bother me one bit. I think they're cool. Drives Maverick nuts. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. it drives him crazy. And like like that little sissy dog would do anything to the deer. I mean, he like he's he's wagging his tail and shaking. He's like, "Dad, let me go, let me go." And if I let him go, that deer would wreck his day. I don't know what he gets so like uptight about when he sees a deer. But I might need to just ask him. Hey, you got any extras in the freezer? You know, you got any you got any yeah. backstrap for me? If, you, if you're if I have to deal with the uh, the fertilization of my yard, you can send some backstrap my way, my friend. It's a fair trade. Very fair trade, in my opinion. No, I am not trying to get the game warden called on my neighbor. I will not say his name. I will not say the street he lives on. I will not do that. I'm not snitching. I'm just wondering if my neighbor is shooting deer in his backyard in my neighborhood. That's all I'm wondering. We do have a game warden that lives in the neighborhood, though. At least he's got the MDHS or MDWFP truck in his yard all the time, so... What if what if they do it together? It's a plot. Plot. Sounds like Michigan football, doesn't it? Oh gosh. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Hour number two on this Friday. So uh, we'll get to, get to two questions here in just one second. But uh, I saw this and it cracked me up. So all three of us on this show and everybody in broadcasting has at one time or another said something really stupid. It happens. It happens to me all the time. It'll happen to me even more moving forward. So uh, this image, though, this clip that's floating around of Colin Cowherd, you guys are probably familiar with him. Uh, he's he's the guy that said Alabama never uh, gave money to recruits because they didn't have to because the program was so easy to sell that they never had to pay anybody. Yeah, that guy. Uh, but that was just his opinion, and that's okay. He was wrong, but that's okay. The point is, he had another one of those brain farts today, and it cracks me up. So the Bears beat the Panthers last night in what some people would describe as a football game. I wasn't convinced watching it myself. <laughs> it was quasi-football. Yeah, something like that. It was that. the Diet Coke of football. Just one calorie, not football enough. Yeah. The Panthers have the worst record in the NFL. Uh, the Bears have one of the worst records in the NFL. Cowherd today uh, was talking about how the Bears, you know, like they win, but they should stop winning because winning last night keeps them out of the Drake, May, and Caleb Williams sweepstakes. While the graphic was next to his head on the screen that had the draft order that showed 
the Bears in possession of the Panthers pick at number one overall in the upcoming draft. He's talking about how the Bears winning knocked them out of the sweepstakes while the Bears winning quite literally helped them keep their spot at number one in the Bears sweepstakes. So uh, his producers probably got a kick out of that when the graphic is next to his head saying literally the opposite of what the graphic says uh, next to him. We've all been there. It happens. It'll happen to me again, probably today, probably in the next five minutes. But anyway, two questions. Yeah. If we'll start with Mississippi State, and I know, oh, God. I know, but um, how about this? If If tomorrow is going to be viewed anything other than negatively, Mississippi State absolutely Ooh. must do what? Do they have to win for fans to have any kind of a, a positive oh. feeling, or you, like yeah. have have to? Okay, yeah. so uh, getting yeah. that out of the we're, way, we're past a uh, moral victory kind of thing. Yeah, if they're going to pull the upset, what must they do? <sighs> I'm not trying to be dramatic. I, I, I'm racking my brain just trying to think of something that State could do. They would have to get an otherworldly freshman performance out of Chris Parson because I don't think Rodgers is going to play. So it was between Wright and Parson. Parson would have to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country tomorrow. Would have to have a, 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 the kind of game that you might associate with a Michael Penix or Caleb Williams. I mean, I, I'm being serious. I, I would think he would have to be 200-plus yards passing and another 100 yards rushing to give State any real opportunity to, to win this game. Yeah, I, okay. I, I've got I've to phrase this in a way that doesn't sound um, as crummy as it's going to sound. Mean. But, um, mean. Max, Johnson, Max Johnson's been banged up. He's been hurt. You, you don't do it outside of the rules of the game, you, you play fair, you hit him fairly, but he's been physically beat up the last few weeks. And if he plays and you get a couple of clean and appropriate and within the rules shots, I'm not, I am not talking about intentionally injuring anybody, but if you can get to Max Johnson and, and uh, I mean, find a way to, to sack him or at least get pressures and hurries and, and hit him a couple of times, and then you go to a third-string quarterback who has absolutely no experience whatsoever, then then there you go. Because uh, despite him not being the best quarterback in the SEC, not anywhere close, he's experienced and, and he's tough. And so if if you know physically he's unable to go, then th- there's an opportunity for you. That sounds really crummy, doesn't it? But it's just the truth. I mean, he, he's been beaten up for weeks now, man. I, I mean, it, it, yeah. can his body hold up? Football's a physical, violent game. I mean, I mean, can his body hold up again? Because it looked like at the end of last week he was struggling to get off the field. So if you can, within the rules of the game, get to him, maybe you can either force him to, to make quicker, bad decisions because he's afraid of getting hurt or uh, or whatever. What can they absolutely not do? They can't allow Max Johnson time to, to, to throw the football because state secondary is. It's hard to put into words how bad that secondary is. I, I finally looked. State has six picks on the year: three from Sean Preston, 
two from uh, from Jet Johnson, one from Bucky Watson. That's it. No cornerbacks have intercepted a pass. No other safety has intercepted a pass. Now, I mean, not even just get a deflection and falls into your lap. That that's really hard to do. So I have no faith in state secondary. So, but I, I do think that Johnson and I mean Watson leads the SEC in sacks. So they can get some pressure and and hopefully force Johnson into some bad throws. Yeah, for uh, for sure. Um, it, it, is Chris Parson going to start? Do we know that? I mean, we do not know. If he's the guy, if he plays a lot, what he can't do is is something that he did last week. And again, it's it's an unfair criticism. It was his first game action in garbage time, uh, but but he did take uh, some unnecessary. Like he, he kind of ran around too much in the pocket, and it, it led to a couple of really mm-hmm. negative plays. He's you know got to if you scramble, nobody's open, and they've got you to where you don't have green space and you can't get a first down, buddy. Just toss the football out of bounds. I mean, it would be surprising if this Texas A&M offense I mean, can score a bunch. He's of a freshman. Plays. Yeah, yeah. He's a freshman. He's going to make. He's going. He's going to show you some plays where you're like, "Wow, a lot of talent there." He can. He may be something you can look at in the future. And he's going to make some plays that go. Well, he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. You know. And the problem is, you, you got to have more of one than the other. And in State's case, I think they need a lot more of the positive one than the other. You know. So I just tell him play free. You know, I expect you're a 17 point underdog. Throw the ball. Try to fit it in there. See what you can do. Who cares? Why is that line dropped two and a half points? Dropped? It's down, it, it was at like 19, 19 and a half. Now it's down to 17, 17 no. and a half. I just saw 18. It started out at 17, though. Hmm. When we did lines Tuesday, it was 19 for us. Was it? Okay. Well. Either way. I don't know. It's big. Both of, these, both of these teams are terrible. It's just that A&M's better. Mm-hmm. A&M's the better terrible team in this instance. Somebody says it's going to shock me if State scores. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. yeah they'll, they'll get seven. They'll, 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 they'll get a touchdown. or They might get a field goal, a couple field goals. Uh, I don't but mean to laugh. They're, they're really, they're not. It's just, but it's true. It's just, that's just where this team is right now. Yeah. You know, if, if this show had existed in, 20, in 2005, we've been saying the same exact things about Mississippi State. You know, that, that's where this team is right now. They can't do anything offensively. And they they don't have a way of getting the ball to their playmakers. Their quarterback when you when you don't have a quarterback, I mean you're you're playing with one horn behind behind your back anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and then Texas A&M really good on the defensive line. They'll they'll probably be able to pressure State a lot. There, there's no reason to look at this and say yeah. That's why I'm so confused on the over under. I'm just like State's not contributing to that. And so unless you think you know that's going to be something like thirty five to to you know seven. Which it could be, I guess, but I just, I, you know, even that doesn't. I think it's forty-three. You're 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 relying on Texas A&M to really carry the uh, the over/under in this one. Somebody says this has all the makings of a great American comeback story. Yeah, sure. I disagree. Al Davis used to say the quarterback has to has got to go down and go down hard. Yeah, that's all I'm saying is it, te- test him. It, be be physical. Don't be dirty, but uh, but be physical. Yeah, A and M's defensive front. We haven't spent much time talking about this game this week. And, and hey, Dad, I don't I don't think you would disagree with this. It just it doesn't seem like it's what state fans want us to do. You know, I, I think it's it's I think state fans 
for by and large, they still want to hear about their team, but they're they're looking for different angles on it at this point. Like today's podcast, normally my Friday podcast was just a straight preview and all that. We got off the rails pretty early in that one, and uh, I didn't really try hard to put the train back on, to be honest with you, because I was just like, you know, and then the, 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 from that same side, you know, Thursday's podcast leading off with basketball was just so refreshing. Yeah. Just to talk about something different. Just just to, you know, have different names. And, you know, I'm just, and it's it wears on you after winning. a while. And what? Yeah, well, not only just winning, but just it's not winning; it's losing. It's the losing that wears on you. Uh, but the refreshing part of basketball is that you get to to talk about winning. And it, what Should. what a difference! You know, we, we've talked about this week. Some, I think I asked you kind of a flippant question. You know, what what is Mississippi State's offense? Tell me what it is. You, you can't Mississippi State basketball under Chris Jans has a very direct and clear identity. And that identity will lead to consistent winning basketball. They'll play tomorrow. We might talk about that later in the show. But for now, we'll be right back. Two questions for Old Miss when we come back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. The text line says this weekend has the potential for complete chaos for the college football playoff. You are not kidding. I mean, there are even the, the the chalk scenario is not good for the college football playoff committee. I mean, they need they need a little bit of chaos to happen, but not too much because then they're in trouble. But if they get none, they're also in trouble. What a last few weeks we've got coming up this season. Oh, I mean, so much still on the line. So many teams still. With a shot and an argument, if they run the table, Whew, I'm excited, uh, especially for this weekend. Let's uh, let's continue two questions. If Ole Miss is going to go to Georgia, they're a ten and a half point underdog. That line, I don't think, has moved like at all all week. Weather, yeah, injury news, steady there. Nothing uh, has changed at all. If they are going to go to Athens and pull the upset, they absolutely must do what. Fast start. And that feels like my default answer with Ole Miss, and it feels like my default answer for road when you're a road underdog. But you got to get that crowd out of the game as quick as you can. You, 10 nothing, 14 nothing. Everybody's on their hands at that point. Everybody's looking around like, what's going on here? Big play early. Ole Miss can do that. You know, I say it every week that you know nobody really schemes the first few plays of the game better than Lane Kiffin. His opening script is usually worth seven points. So that needs to be the case. You know, Ole Miss, we know that if they, whether they lose the toss or win the toss, they're going on offense first. Get, get points on the board and try to get that crowd out of it as much as you can. Yeah. Um, for me, it's third down. So Ole Miss is one of, uh, I mean, you mentioned it, their script plays, they're, they're great. They're very, very good on first down when a penalty doesn't ruin that. But Ole Miss on both sides of the ball have been very bad on third down. Um, third and long on defense has been a struggle, statistically speaking, as weird as that is. They're better on third and short than they are third and long. Make that make sense, but they are. 
Uh, and offensively, their third down conversion rate is not particularly good. And, I mean, Georgia's going to force you into those. And so can you convert on third down, and can you get stops on third down? If you have an opportunity to get off the field on defense, you have to. I mean, they've survived that. I mean, they survived it last week. They've survived it a lot this season where they weren't good on third down and, and figured it out and won the game. I don't think that you can afford to have Georgia in a third and eight and give up a 12-yard pass and let them keep driving the football down the field. I don't think you can survive that this week. Third down has been a a very big, bright, if you will, a bright dark spot, a glaring dark spot on an otherwise really good season for Ole Miss. If that's not better, they're not winning. It's as, as simple as that. So they absolutely must win some third downs on both sides of the ball. They absolutely cannot do what? if they want to win the game tomorrow. I feel like Dart is the is the is is the key, right? Not more than more than Judkins in the running game, right? So I guess they can't allow Dart to just be under duress the whole time. They have to protect Jackson Dart. They have to give him some clean pockets. Now he's the kind of guy who under pressure can make plays with his legs and you know those those can be huge plays for Ole Miss. But They've got to, you know, give him some time to throw on some of these plays. They want to hit big plays. That's the whole purpose of this offense is to, to run the ball. And that sets up the play action. That sets up the big passing play down the field. He's got to have time to throw it. So protect. They they have to be able to protect Jackson Dart. So I guess the, the other way to look at it is they can't allow Georgia to just run rampant against uh, Jackson Dart. Mm-hmm. Protection. It'll be sure. tough missing a, a, a starting offensive lineman too. Yep, that's a, that's a big key in this one. Uh, That's the most important thing, so I'll go with recklessness. Uh, Lane Kiffin's talked all week about, you know, hey, free shot. Nobody expects them to win, play loose, coach loose, all that. But loose can turn to recklessness pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, you've seen it in Tuscaloosa. You saw it in the bowl game uh, last year where, you, you know, fourth down decisions that are not what the analytics book says uh, to do deep in your own territory, going it on, going forward on fourth down, uh, th- those kind of reckless things can can really get you blown out quickly. And and same thing applies to the aforementioned Jackson Dart. The interception he threw in Tuscaloosa was was kind of like a frustration thing. It was just a bad decision, and he hasn't really made many of those this year. I mean, he's got four interceptions. That one was a really bad decision. I think the other three were all just mechanical failures. The first one he threw was the receiver slipped on a route, would have been an accurate ball. The one he threw at Auburn was just a bad throw. Right read, just very, very poor throw. And the same thing in Vanderbilt. So so he's been good at not making poor decisions. But the one game that he did was the one game that they've lost this season. So he can't be reckless with the football. And they've, they've got to be smart. I mean, it's a team that's weathered some in-game adversity multiple times this year. If Georgia goes up seven to nothing early, and you know you got third and two on your own thirty-two, you don't have to go for it there. That that turns into recklessness quickly, and that will really cost you the game if if that's the way. And to Kiffin's credit, hadn't coached like that this season, but we have seen him do it before, and that'll get you not only beat but blown out in this game. Yeah, and then you know with with Kiffin. 
we talked about a little bit about it the other day about how he's coached against Alabama over these past few years, and it, 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 it's really frustrating. One of the most frustrating things you can do as a fan is your coach lets it rip in every game, but then when he plays the big game, nope, I'm going to try to, I'm going to, I'm going to reel it in a little bit. Kiffin's just got to be Kiffin. Go out there, call your game, try for the big plays, try your roll, roll the dice when you feel like you need to. I agree that yeah, fourth, fourth and eighteen from your own thirty. Let's just punt the football and move on with our lives at that point if you're Ole Miss. But yeah, there, there's got to be some times where, where Lane Kiffin's got to be Lane Kiffin in this game. Can't be you can't you can't lose to the helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many teams do that. State does that to Alabama every year. It feels like they used to be that way with LSU for State. That you know they did the helmet beats them. So it's a good question. Do Kiffin and Smart's history benefit one over the other? Uh, I don't think so. Because you could say, well, Kirby knows all about Lane and his process and his preparation, and then you could literally say the exact same thing about uh, Kirby from Lane's perspective. So, no, it's kind of a wash. It's interesting for sure, and, you know, they've got a friendship and a relationship and all that, but it, no, I, I mean, what, what I'm fascinated by is, is this weather forecast. Now, Richard just kind of just blew it off yesterday as no big deal, but cold rain does impact football games in, in one way or another. It's not just... You know, it's not nothing. Uh, There's a reason that the NFL wants everybody or every Super Bowl hosting city to build domes so the weather doesn't impact the game and all that crap. So if it's cold and raining during the game, that's something for sure. It also can, to some degree, whatever it is, subdue a crowd anyway. But I've I've gotten a lot of text about an updated weather forecast from Athens, and it's kind of cracking me up. But... That will have a bigger impact on the game than Kirby and Lane's knowledge of one another from coaching with each other, you know, many years ago. I, I just, I never, I never buy into the idea that having familiarity with each other. I mean, it's one thing when you play a team every year and they keep the same coach. You know, obviously Gus Malzahn had some familiarity with Nick Saban. Yeah, you know, things like that. But I mean. Smart and, and, and Kiffin haven't coached against each other since when. And, you know, I mean, State is, I mean, State. Ole Miss doesn't play Georgia every year. I, I just don't think it's a huge factor in this game at all. No. Get this question here. Do you guys agree that Ole Miss has been much better at making adjustments this year? Absolutely they have. Um, yeah. You know, we, we talked about it. We, we've talked about it so much, but a lot of that comes with that they are better coached on defense. They, they are a better coached defense than they have been for quite some time at, at Ole Miss. I mean, Dave Womack was really good, but since then they haven't been, and you're you're seeing the fruits of the the upgrade at defensive coordinator. Now they're not perfect by any stretch. There's some talent limitations. I really don't like what they do on third and long. I, I can't stand it. I don't know why they do it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they make adjustments, and they're in the right spot often because they're coached better than, than Ole Miss defense has been in quite some time. At the end of the day, this Ole Miss team is just better than it was a year ago because they do the, the things that haunted them a year ago. They're better in the fourth quarter. They're better defensively. They've made some adjustments. And that's better why they're that's why they're better they're they're better at quarterback, but it's the same guy. Yeah, you know, I can't. I don't want to go like that, that. Nothing changed there. He just you expect players to get better. 
the coaching and and the 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 the, the awareness has gotten better too. For uh, for sure, we'll talk to Bruce next. We've got picks uh, with him when we come back. Uh, we get somebody sent us a uh, a YouTube video of uh, the Tim McGraw song "Bring on the Rain." <laughs> Oh, man. It's going to be an incredible environment either way. But, yes, you want 45 and raining. People don't act the same when it's 45 and raining versus 65 and not a cloud in the sky. It it won't be the same environment. It'll still be nuts and wild and crazy. But, yes, yes, you want it to be cold and you want it to be rainy. Bruce Marshall, when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Porky and Haydad with you. We go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Bruce Marshall. BAMsports.net is the website. Bruce, we'll start with the news of the day. Jim Harbaugh, well, at least for now, they're going to try to get a friendly judge to do some legal stuff to allow him to coach tomorrow. But do you think that this Harbaugh stuff will have any impact on the actual outcome of the game in Happy Valley tomorrow morning? I don't think so, uh, because, uh, you know, they, they've played without him before. Yeah, the schedule was a little bit easier in, in September, but, um, I, I, I don't, the way this, the makeup of this team, I don't think it's going to matter right now. Uh, how about this, this suspension? He's still going to be able to coach the team during the week. He just won't be there during the games. But like you said, Michigan is challenging that right now. So by the time uh, we uh, get to the nightly news tonight, uh, this thing might have a, they, they may put a stay on this thing. Um, I don't think it would matter too much. I think this, though, is about the harshest punishment. If it sticks, they could give Harbaugh for the rest of the season. Um, interestingly, if Michigan can get a stay on this thing, um, and you know the, the punishment could still come down the road, maybe next season, if Harbaugh is still there, uh, something tells me he, he might. I, I know the Raiders really would like to get him as their head coach. And, I, you know, he's at times been interested in the past. I would not be. I'm way out of my skis here, maybe, but I think that's a possibility. And if he could avoid the suspension now, he may never serve it because if he leaves Michigan, then that's it. We'll see. Starting with uh, the Ole Miss game here locally, Ole Miss at Georgia, a little bit of rain in the forecast, maybe may or may not see Brock Bowers for Georgia uh, line hasn't moved at all, though. Ole Miss, a 10.5-point underdog place that uh, Georgia hasn't lost in in years now. Does Ole Miss have a chance, and what do you see happening here? Uh, they do, because uh, Georgia, except for those two games this year, has looked kind of mortal. I mean, that wasn't that overwhelming last week. And Mizzou had a chance in that game. Uh, they've looked great, those two games against Kentucky and Florida, I know. Uh, would help if they had Bowers back for sure. Um, but I mean, that's sort of been their pattern, uh, uh, this season. There's some old people, people up at old, you know, up, up, talk to in Memphis, some old Miss people think they got a shot here. Um, they have not started to fade away like they did at this point last year, at least not yet. 
Um, they've pulled out a couple of games. The LSU and A&M games are really uh, showing a lot of resilience. Um, uh, Jackson Dart has been a little more careful with the ball this year. He's a little bit more mature. He's only thrown four picks. Uh, he was on a much higher interception rate last year. Um, and, uh, you know, Lane and Kirby kind of know each other from their time on the Alabama staff. I'm not sure how that plays into it. But just the the pattern of this season, I don't think it's going to be easy for uh, Georgia at all. Uh, I think they'll win, not cover. 31-24, my score forecast. That has been the default recommendation with Georgia this season, and I'll uh, look that way again. Over in College Station, Bruce, Mississippi State is an 18-point underdog to Texas A&M. I'll just go ahead and tell you, you're covering that team. I, I don't know who's going to start at quarterback for the Bulldogs. I don't know that it really matters, though. This has been a team that has struggled offensively all year. A&M's got a great defensive line playing on the road. I have to think you're thinking that the Aggies are going to cover this big spread. I do. I'm not that in love with it, Brian, just because, I mean, 31-10 is my score forecast there. Uh, it's pretty obvious. I thought Mike Wright might be able to give this offense a boost, but uh, he really hasn't. I think it's the back to the design of this thing. And uh, this is uh, this is worrying for Zach Arnett because, uh, you know, if, if Mississippi State wants, I mean, if they – they're going to readdress this uh, if, if he's the guy going forward. They structured that the contract was sort of done hurriedly, and the buyout is not that uh, prohibitive if they think they have to go another direction. Um, and they're not going to wait around if they don't think uh, Arnett's the guy. So he's got a few weeks to turn this thing around, and the way the offense has, has really downgraded this season. That, I mean, from a, the most progressive of attacks with Coach Leach, and then it just hasn't looked at all like that. I mean, Will Rogers, they were wasting him earlier this season, and you know, Wright hasn't been any better. So I think this is a something we've got to watch. I just don't like this offense enough. I don't love A&M uh, too much either, but they're, uh, I like them more than Mississippi State right now, 31-10, Aggies tomorrow. The other, there's another big game in the SEC, Tennessee at Missouri. I thought Missouri was very impressive in defeat. I think a lot of people thought they were going to go to Georgia and just kind of get handled. They had a great chance to win that game. Tennessee's playing better football as of late. They're a three-point favorite on the road. Should be a good environment and a good game. What do you like here? Georgia plays into this both ways because Mizzou is off that Georgia effort, like you said. We'll see how they respond. Tennessee's got a Georgia look ahead. Um, not quite like last year when that really was for first place in the SEC East. Um, unless Georgia loses this game to Ole Miss, and then that opens up the East again. Uh, but um, um, the last two years, uh, the Vols and Josh Heupel have laid it on Missouri pretty bad. They've scored 60-plus in both the games. The way the schedule worked out, and then two years ago, it was right after Hooker took over, and I think at that point in 2021, uh, Tennessee was catching some of these uh, – SEC defenses by surprise. And they, had a, they had a string there, some games where they really put up a lot. South Carolina got boat raced by them, and Missouri did before. You know, the defenses started to get adjust a little bit, although they were still very productive, and they were last year too. But this Milton offense is getting better, but they're not quite what the Hooker offense was last year. Uh, I think Mizzou gets them. I think Eli's done a great job with this team. Brady Cook, his shoulder is not sore like it was last year. He's put up pretty good numbers. Schrader, a rugged fullback, burden, big-time receiver. 
defense is functional. Uh, this is a balanced team all the way around. I think they get Tennessee. We've seen Tennessee have a couple of real letdowns on the road. Oh, the second half of the Bama game, they played a great first half. Second half, not so much. And that Florida game was really bad. Can't get that one out of my mind. Uh, 36-31, Mizzou gets balls at home, gets some revenge for those last two years, I think. Bruce Marshall, BAMSports.net, joining us right now. Bruce, I uh, I am rooting for chaos this weekend. Now, this game, it, should Oregon lose it, uh, will, will kind of help the committee out. And I don't want them to get help. But either way, huge line there in Eugene. But I know USC's defense is bad as they've been. They make a change there. But, man, anytime you've got Caleb Williams on the field, you've got a chance to do something crazy, don't you? Yeah, but I tell you what, I think he should be forced to transfer to Vanderbilt uh, to learn how to lose. I mean, you can't go on the stands and cry. So, send him to Vanderbilt next year. Send him to New Mexico. Let him learn how to lose a little bit. Um, he's not a leader for that team. Um, and by the way, they've just dismissed our defensive coordinator Alex Grinch this week. Uh, overdue, something a lot, a lot of SC people think, but that doesn't mean this defense turns into the Super Bowl shuffle bears immediately. They are going to get rolled tomorrow. Uh, Oregon is going to do whatever it wants offensively and score as many points as it wants. Bo Nix can get back in the Heisen race. That's the night game tomorrow on Big Fox. And um, remember, they put 81 on Portland State uh, earlier in the season. Uh, nice guy, Dan Lanning, against a little school from well, a big sky school from up the road there. You put 81 on them. He won't go easy. So I had a 57-34 Oregon. Uh, but the game in the Pac-12 you got to watch this week is Utah-Washington. That's the one that could make more impact on uh, the playoff picture if Washington loses one there. And I think it's very possible they could. Utah's, Utah's worth a shot plus the points up in Seattle uh, tomorrow. Trying to find one more game that that really interests me. I guess we'll we'll, we'll have our fun with uh, with Iowa one more time. Another record <laughs> low in this game with Rutgers on the under. Are we playing the under again? Should we parlay last week's winnings? Yes, I'd play it under, and I'd play Rutgers too. Uh, by the way, wow. you wake up you wake up this morning and you see Iowa is first place in the Big Ten West. Now, what can you say about this half of the conference if the two leaders last week? Go out on the road, Wisconsin to Indiana, which had been struggling badly, loses. And Nebraska goes into Michigan State, which had been struggling even worse, and loses. And Iowa waits into the last second against Northwestern in a game that was back to the leather helmet era. Uh, Rutgers is a better team than Iowa. Winsett's not a bad quarterback. This defense is rugged. Uh, and yeah, 28. I mean, they, listen, they've had some low totals around 30, 31. They stayed under. Um, Minnesota game last week, fifteen to eight Rutgers. I'd parlay Rutgers to the under in that one. <laughs> Bruce, thank you so much for your time. As always, inside of a minute, do you have a, a, an off the radar game that you love? Yeah, well, one I, I take Georgia Tech plus the points against Clemson. Give Tyler from Spartanburg something to talk about. And tonight, maybe North Texas. They haven't been playing that bad at all. You're getting about three touchdowns against SMU. Uh, uh, the transfer quarterback, uh, Chandler Rogers from, uh, ULM, thrown 21 TDs. He was very happy to get away from, uh, from the, from ULM. Um, North Texas, very live dog tonight in that game against, uh, SMU. Bruce, you're the best. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Have fun. Thank you. Bruce Marshall, BAMSports.net is the website. Join us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. 
So he doesn't love the state A&M game at all. Doesn't sound like he's going to play that one heavily, but uh, is leaning Aggie on that one and thinks that Georgia will win but not cover. So uh, he's taking Ole Miss plus the 10.5 but does not think that Ole Miss money line is uh, is the play. So there you go. We got a question about something that I actually uh, I want to talk about because we've been hard on Mississippi State this week in this topic will be quite the opposite when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Quick, this message, and then we'll get to the positive conversation. Now, this isn't not positive either, but you'll see what I mean. Okay. What okay. will the playoffs look like if Ole Miss wins? So, playoffs? Not much materially will change with a win at the moment because there's still a lot in front of them that needs to happen. Because um, Michigan and Ohio State still need to play each other. Uh, and the Big Ten Championship has to happen. I mean, e- even if you happen to beat Georgia, and Georgia goes to the SEC Championship and wins, so you've got a 12-1 and Georgia with an SEC Championship who beat the team that beat you, let me tell you what the committee's going to do, even though you beat them on their field. I, I-, I promise you I know what they're going to do. Guarantee it. Florida State could run the table. I mean, if Texas wins the Big 12 and beats Oklahoma for revenge, you've got a one-loss Big 12 champion who beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa, a place that you you, know, you did not. If Washington runs the table in the Pac-12, even if they don't, if Oregon runs the table, you've got a conference champion with just one loss. So um, the, the path for Ole Miss to make the playoff is, is a difficult one. Now, there is a path. You would be an SEC West team with 11 and one record, including a win over Georgia in Athens, and that would carry a lot of weight. But when you're possibly looking at undefeated or one loss conference champions for every conference, the, the the chances would be greater, even with a win over Georgia, that that Ole Miss would not get in uh, than they would get in. So root for chaos. Root for Oregon to lose this weekend. Root for Florida State to lose this weekend. Root for Michigan to lose this weekend. Just root for chaos and, of course, for your team to win. We got this message. Uh, What are our thoughts on both Mississippi teams in regards to the first basketball game of the season? So we talked about State, Arizona State earlier this year, but hey, Dad, Mississippi State wins the game, looked good doing it, got another one tomorrow Mm -hmm. uh, in the hump. So let's talk about something good with Mississippi State for a little while. I am looking forward to going to the hump, you know, since it's, it's my first trip in there since they've remodeled. Uh, I got some. I saw Robbie had a very positive review. He was at the hump last Monday, or on Monday, I guess I should say, uh, for the first women's game of the year, and he thought it, it was impressive. I have been a, a, a detractor. You know, I've been like, I don't know why they didn't just build a new arena. So I'm interested to see if it looks like it, the, the money was spent wisely. Um, as far as the team goes, though, uh, I was very impressed Monday night. I mean, I don't see how you couldn't be. They they dominated a Power Five opponent in without two starters. 
And, and, and a guy, Keyshawn Murphy, is, a, is a, a valuable reserve. He's a guy who's going to get minutes this year. So I thought State was very, very impressive uh, in the way they played. You know, Shaq Moore being uh, being suspended kind of opened the door for Trey Fort there. And now Fort, I mean, he sort of kicked the door in there at that point. You know, how, how do you take him out of the starting lineup out of the way he played? So very interested to see. You know, it, it's, it's going to be a process without Tolu until he gets back. Uh, we'll see when when that happens. But if they're going to play like that, if they can channel that, and I, you know, that's the thing about Chris Jans and the way he coaches and the way his team is built, defensively they will play like that in every game. That's just that's just the standard. I feel at this point. Um, but if they can, you know, find the offense the way they did the other night, they're going to be really really tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Clear, direct, established identity. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it feels like you know exactly what you're going to get on a nightly basis with Mississippi State basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. That's what you want from your teams, right? Yeah. I, I, Ole Miss fans kind of have that in football right now. They they they, they have a pretty good idea of where they're going to get with Lane Kiffin and that team out there every night. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. You want to have identities. Teams without identities don't win games. Teams with identities can. That's at least a building block. That's at least a place to start for sure. And uh, the the texter also asked about Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, what you're looking for, at least I think this year, is just can they be competitive? Uh, unless you know, the two waivers get approved, then you're talking about a completely different thing. Those would be two starters, uh, one of which could really help you scoring. Uh, but until that happens, I mean, it, it was clear, and not to pile on a previous coach, but the, the the start difference in game day coaching and demeanor, and I'm not even talking about necessarily like offense, although the offense looked more purposeful. Uh, you know, they didn't make a lot of shots and they missed, a bunch of free throws. They were like 43% from the free throw line. That is atrocious. But offense looked more purposeful and and all that. But I think Chris Beard used his second timeout with eight minutes to go in the game. Uh, whereas for the last few years, it was you, you were burning an angry timeout 90 seconds into the game. Uh, if a player made a mistake, he didn't get subbed right away. Uh, the, the coaching happened at breaks and, and stuff. It, it was very different, a very stark difference in, in how game day coaching was approached. It's just one game, but a, a dramatic difference. Much calmer, uh, much more purposeful decisions as opposed to emotional, you know. Anyway, so we'll see you tonight. Ole Miss Eastern Washington uh, tonight, I believe, there at the, uh, at the pavilion. So if you want to watch them, you can do that tonight. College football fix. I'm going to call an audible. We were going to do picks, but there's an A&M story, Mississippi State's opponent tomorrow, that I think we have to talk about because Ross Bjork, ladies and gentlemen, he did it again. And I'll tell you what I mean when we come back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. You guys. 
guys should feel really good. I'm about to be really cocky. Ready? You guys should feel really good about listening to this show because we are on it sometimes. Ross Dellinger reporting something that we talked about on Monday was going to happen. Sure enough, uh, Ross must have been listening. I know he's a Mississippi guy. College football leaders are moving closer to adjusting the 12-team playoff format. Commissioners have recommended to the presidents that the expanded CFP include five automatic qualifiers for conference champions and seven at-large bids in a change from 6-6 to to 5-7. plus We talked about it on Monday, that they are not with the Pac-12 doing going away. They're not going to have six automatic conference champions when the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore because Greg Sankey and Petiti at the Big Ten, who's dealing with Harbaugh's mess, was not going to look at the Mountain West and say, you are equal to us, and five days later, here we are. Look at us. I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised that we were right. Yeah. I, I am surprised we regress, when I'm right. We had to regress okay. to the mean at some point, right? Didn't we have to, you know, so many things wrong yeah. eventually. You know, it's like you put, what is it, you put all those monkeys in the room with the typewriter, you'll get Shakespeare eventually. Yeah. So. I, I, I'm surprised when I'm right. So there we go. Anyway, so that, uh, that just uh, broke, so they're going to adjust it. That was uh, absolutely coming. The other big news item of the day, in case you missed it, I don't know how you could have, but in case you did... Jim Harbaugh was suspended for the final three games of the regular season. Yes, Jim Harbaugh will absolutely be available for the 30 million uh, viewer college football playoff, should they make it. So he's not getting suspended for the important stuff, but he, at least for now, from the Big Ten, will miss the next three games. Now, what Michigan is going to do is they're going to find a friendly judge to do whatever judges can do to block the suspension, and he's going to coach tomorrow. But as of right now... Jim Harbaugh is not allowed on the sidelines for Michigan's next three games, but he can coach during the week. A judge is going to block it. This is going to go into the offseason. It's kind of a legal mess. It is not the conclusion of the investigation. They made that clear. It's just what they're doing until it's over. So there's uh, there's your two big news items of the day, but there's one more thing that I want to talk about with you featuring Mississippi State's opponent tomorrow. For the college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. It rained today, so Richard Cross is in the market for a new F-150. The the drought has been bad for your local Mississippi Ford dealer because it hasn't rained on his F-150 lately. Test drive one today. It's been the best selling truck in America for almost five decades. The F-150, you'll want one just like I do the second you get behind the wheel of one. So test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Texas A&M. You you guys know Ross Bjork, the athletic director at Texas A&M, who famously gave Jimbo Fisher a million and a half dollar a year raise and a contract extension in August a couple of years ago. Seems that he has struck again. Uh, The Texas A&M 24-7 site called Gigum 247 uh, did a public records request and got some information. Defensive coordinator slash linebackers coach DJ Durkin, co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Elijah Robinson, tight ends coach James uh, Coley, and receivers coach Damian Craig, all recently, and by recently, within the last couple of months, received contract extensions. 
So as the season is beginning, going into the season knowing that you could possibly have to fire and pay the buyouts of the entire staff, gave the staff contract extensions during the season that you might have to fire them. Ross Bjork, ladies and gentlemen, a master negotiator. All right, I guess this kind of really shows that they at no point were planning to make the move. That's what this shows. I mean, because otherwise, why would you why would you do that? But at the same time, why why add to the problem? You know, it's just more money. It's more money. I mean, I just I don't know. Richard always likes to say it's it's easy to spend other people's money. Apparently, that really is the case when you're Ross Bjork. It's just easy as hell for him. He just spends other people's money however he feels sees fit. And he's going to spend a lot of Texas oil men's money in a, in a year if they don't fire Fisher after the end of this season. And it's, it's I mean, maybe it'd be less. I guess it'd be sixty million instead of seventy or whatever it is. But that money's going to get spent one way or the other. I promise you that. I mean. Somebody said, shame he still isn't at Ole Miss. I, I mean, but but you're exactly right. I, I think that all of the talk about Jimbo getting fired in the big buyout, I, I think we can kind of stop that now, can't we? I, I mean, there, there has not been yet. a single well, A&M again. reporter or anything that has said they're moving on, or even he's on the hot seat. It's all been they're sticking with him. I agree, but if they lose tomorrow, that would that narrative would change. I mean, there, 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 there are a lot of stories. There are a lot of, of examples you can point to where, like, this coach was totally safe, and then they lost the game they weren't supposed to lose, and then he was gone. So Mississippi State's been involved in a couple of them. You know, I think about Ron Zook when he came to, to Mississippi State in 2004. You know, they were going to try to get through the season with Ron Zook and figure it out. Then they lose to State, and it's like, ah, no. Got to move on, and he was gone by Monday. And, and you know, it, it just happens. So... We'll see. Okay. This might get taken the wrong way, and that's fine. Mississippi State Uh should do the entire SEC a favor tomorrow. And keep Jimbo around. (laughs) This tank. Do what you can. Tank to keep the fish tank. Yes. Tank for Jimbo. Exactly. you got to do the rest of us a favor and just keep him around for as long as possible because they're going to keep being mediocre as long as he's there. I don't... I don't think it's going to be too much to ask. I don't think that favor can get... I think that that can be arranged. Chance, four more years. Four more years. Four more years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if, if the price, if, sorry, if the price of oil was just a little bit higher, they might do this. You know, if we were still at like three ninety nine a gallon instead of two ninety nine, they might, they might be saying, you know, we we got it, we got the cash reserves. Yeah, and we're not like Arizona sitting over here with no cash reserves. We got plenty of money. And you know, there there is fear. Um, I, I know this from from uh, talking to. Here, talking to my dad, he's close to retirement, and and there's there's fear with him about what the economy might do to retirement accounts and stuff. And so you've got these people that you're going to ask to write checks for tens of millions of dollars, who you're also asking to write checks for tens of millions of dollars for players that aren't winning. And now they look at some possible future economic negative turns, and they're less likely to. Hey, Ross, I'm I'm not giving you millions to fire Jimbo right now because I don't know what next year is going to look like. 
So that's an election year, buddy. You know how those get economically? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you keep him around because I've already bought players for you, and they stink. So... <laughs> Ask me in 12 months. I, I mean, mean I imagine wrong. that's a real you conversation that at least one booster has had with leadership at A&M. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, I, like I said the other day, at some point your car breaks down and you have to uh, you have to replace it. You don't have any choice. I, I thought A&M would be at that point. In a five. I remember we, we did some interviews with A&M guys, and, and they all said, yeah, if they were a you 7-5 know, and five team, they'd probably have to make that decision. And it feels like they, they've made the decision, but it's not the one that we thought it was going to be. We get this message, uh, this show sucks without Cross, and the same guy sent us a message on October 27th, just now tuning in, but so glad Cross is back to save the show. Uh, hey, buddy, he's married. Sorry. Isn't that, isn't that Jane's cell phone number? <laughs> no. No, because... You sure? Yeah. We're going to save that as Jane from Oxford. <laughs> let's do it. Oh, let's uh, do it, please. Yes, I'm going we to. We should do it. We should do it. <laughs> yes, we miss Richard. Oh. We always miss Richard. Yeah, we, uh, we're we looking forward to having him back on Monday. And uh, so whenever don't have that to is. worry much, uh, much longer. Somebody said, Bjork is scared of Sexton. And he asked, is Jimbo Sexton's client? Absolutely. He is. Yes. Oh, 100%. Contract 100%. extension for looming. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh god. Can you imagine what would happen if they announced a contract extension for Jimbo? If he gets to seven and let's, you know, even seven and five. Let's say they upset LSU and they finish eight and four, and they announce a contract extension. The, that bonfire might become more a little different. Might be some things, some people thrown onto that bonfire. Good gracious! Oh uh, man, somebody says A and M fires Bjork. I, you know, if I were him, I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, at the moment. I would honestly. not feel comfortable. No, no, not at all. He is not the one that hired Jimbo, though. So if anything saves him, it's that he's not the one. But. Uh... You know how it goes. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. Why do you need to know the text line? Because it's Food Friday when we come back in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Send us what you're cooking this weekend. We better have some good ones. Teams on the road. Southern Miss played last night. Let us know when we come back. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Gonna need you guys to carry this one for me, and by you guys I mean Hey Dad and all of you in the audience, because I have no cooking plans whatsoever. I might make some, but I've got none right now. It is time for food. Growing man, I know, I know. I mean, we're 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 getting Mexican tonight, and and all all I can get him to eat frustrates the heck out of me, because eating cheese dip and chips is not a meal, but when we it's go not. to a Mexican restaurant. He will eat nothing else. He likes chicken. He likes rice and beans. But, buddy, if there's the opportunity to get cheese dip, I want nothing else. 
but he loves it, so we do it. Father of the year over here. Mm-hmm. But I got no cooking plans, so I need yours on the text line, 601-879-4395. It's time for Food Friday presented by Polk. Some of the most fun we have on this show is not talking about sports. It's talking about our uh, propensity to get behind the grill. Maybe not tonight because it's cold and raining, but usually the weather around here is nicer than that, and it's brought to you by our good friends at Polk's. Polk'sMeat.com is the website. They've got recipes and all their product list and where you can find them there, so check them out at Polk'sMeat.com. They've got recipes to teach you, not teach you how, but give you ideas on how to, to cook their garlic and green onion sausage, their, their Cajun, their original, and all of their products there. Polk'sMeat.com. Food Friday, presented by Polk's Picky People. Polks. I cannot say that fast. I will always say it slow. It's fine. It's a great slogan. I'm just not very good at talking. Brian, hey, Dad, you are cooking what this weekend? And so I want to mess. If Richard were here right now, I'd be messing with you. I'd be like, I'm not doing anything. It's just because you've said you've already said you're doing nothing, and that's I put it all on you. But I am. I am cooking this weekend. Uh, I'm cooking on Sunday. I've turned my cooking my, my my weekend stuff into more like the Sunday supper kind of thing. So, because, you know, Saturday, I really want to be locked into college football, and I don't have time for, for that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, I bought a uh, five-and-a-half-pound eye of round, and them on special at Kroger. So we're going to we're gonna cook that. We're going to cook it basically like it's a prime rib on the grill. I'm going to indirect cook with a little uh, hickory smoke and get it up to about, well, 130 or so, and then uh, give it a quick sear and then pull her on off. And then for a side, I've never made this before, and if my cousin Stephen is listening, he's going to be very excited. He might, he might show up at my house if I make the drive because he loves the cauliflower. Don't ask me why cauliflower is his favorite thing. But uh, I'm making a cauliflower au gratin. I have seen people talk about this many times. It's like a good, you know, if you like macaroni and cheese, but you'd rather have a, a more healthy option than the pasta, this is a good thing to try. So I'm going to try it. It looks good. If it works out, I think it may make it to Thanksgiving. I may, I may do it twice in two weeks. Just go ahead and give everybody a spoiler alert. Next week, I'm not going to be cooking. Just getting to let you know, not going to be cooking because the Saturday after that is the biggest cooking day of the year. Yes, I got yeah. to rest up. You know, that's my off week. It's my bye week, and then I'll head into Thanksgiving. But that's what we're doing this week. I can't wait to try this. Day. I had some fun shopping today because I found that, and then Kroger had a special on pork loins. And I found a six-pounder, which is, that's hard to find, to find one that big. I always do a pork loin for Thanksgiving on top of the turkey. So I found, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and buy that. It was on, it was on sale for like two twenty-five a pound. I was nice. like, sold. Instead sold. of a I'll turducken, you should do a, a turloin. Yeah. Tur, tur, hold on. We, we, a, a, no. No. Do you know what it is? It's a porky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You should do one. Just put, <laughs> stuff it with a loin and see what happens. Yeah, I don't think it, I, I think it would be jutting out about halfway <laughs> there. I saw a video last night for a, a smoked turkey with a boudin dressing, and I was like, "Boudin dressing?" You say? Now that that piqued my interest. I don't know. Mm. I don't like stuffing a turkey. I'm not a big stuffing. I want dressing, not stuffing. Right. But uh, but making a boudin dressing sounded interesting. I might I might I might look into it. Yeah, I'm very anti-stuffing, honestly, because if you want to make the turkey really good, you've got to, in the cooking process, put a bunch of stuff in it that you don't want to eat, like when it's done. I mean, you, you got to fill it up with, you know, half lemons and onions and stuff. To keep it, yeah, you know, keep the moisture in there and and all that. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. 
Debbie in Ocean Springs yeah. leads us off, by the way. She says that sounds good. Hey, Dad. She uh, made homemade lasagna on Sunday for the Saints game. Her first time. Thought it turned out pretty good. It looks really good, Debbie. It looks fantastic. Got those good layers staying together. I would know. I'm a lasagna man, you know. Did you make it on the smoker? We uh, we need to know. <laughs> Please tell me you didn't. That doesn't look like it was smoked. CC in Senatobi is uh, picking on uh, Hey Dad from a past life. Said four double cheeseburgers and some snacks. Oh, yeah. I texted Richard last night. I went to see my daughters play and didn't get out of there till like 9, so I hadn't had dinner yet. And I texted him. I was like, I have enough calories. Should I go get four double cheeseburgers? He was like, I think your body might shut down if you tried <laughs> to eat that right now. So, for the record, I had Chick-fil-A, I had a 600 calories. Yeah. Yeah. Chick-fil-A's fine. Uh, we get a picture of uh, stew being made for the weekend. Oh, this is perfect, perfect weather for that. Absolutely. Looks good, too. That looks, that looks really good, yeah. Dove and Polk. Oh, I forgot to mention. I forgot yeah. to mention. I saw. I just saw my – I did grab a package of Polk's Cajun smoked sausage just to just to have a little snack while, while everything else is going on. Yeah, man. It's good at breakfast time, too. What I like to do is, is I'll good. slice it really thin and, like, mix scrambled eggs – and then brown the sausage up, and then just pour the eggs over top of the sausage and make like a, I guess it's like an omelet, yeah. essentially, but with, with r- big chunks of sausage. That's and, like a frittata yeah. is what you want to call that. Yeah. You know what that's great on? Bread. Make a sandwich out of that. <laughs> just fold that make thing up. Make a sandwich out of that. Yeah. Put some cheese in there. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't get much better what than else that. We got here on the uh, we we got some good stuff here. Dove and various polk sausage with cherry tomatoes, red and green yellow bell peppers, onions and mushrooms, kebabs over brown and wild rice, broccoli with cheese and potato logs. Ooh. Holy crap. That a boy. Healthy turnip green too. soup. Yeah, yeah. Turnip green soup with polk's Cajun style sausage and a pan of cornbread and he's got some decanter water going on there. Very good. I love the uh the the tumbler that he's got too the walking yeah. bully tumbler in there the, old the walking bully yeah Dean and Loosedale steaks on the grill at five Ole Miss football at six with polk sausage for appetizers great time of year I agree with that Mike in Oxford's got says it's prime rib night at the Pavilion I got prime rib what's going on there where where, where big money Mike sits apparently yeah. Uh, us regular uh, folks, hey, Dad, we, we would be getting uh, 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 canes or whatever from the concession stand. Yeah. 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 Chicken and polk sausage pastelaya. Do love pastelaya. Right, this person asked me a question, but this is you. This is they're cooking smash burgers first time this weekend. Is there a don't do this I need to know? Smash burgers is the borky. Yeah, the, the don't do this is on the grill. Do not do it on the grill. Yeah. Uh, it, it will not work. You, you've got to use a, uh, a skillet. Or um, if you've got a flat top, then then use a flat top. That that's the big don't. You you can't do them on the grill. You can't do them right on the grill. Uh, anyway, they're really hard to screw up, um, and they're hard to overcook. Honestly, uh, because they're so thin, it, it's 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 very easy. Um, but yeah, don't do them on the grill. Something flat. That that's the only way that you're going to make them good. It's got to be a flat. Yeah. Smoking some burgers, bacon wrapped cream cheese jalapeno poppers. Just such a great thing. I love bacon wrapped cream cheese jalapeno poppers. The only thing better is when you put a little hunk of deer steak in there. Look at and this. Then you, then you then you go. Look at this professional pasta that Chandler from Waynesboro sent us. That I thought I saw that 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 was a picture that he sent us from like 
the really nice date that he had last night. No, he made no, no. that. Yeah. Had a boy Chandler, and he said, "Ole Miss crushes our dreams once again." Oh, there you go. Uh, some Brunswick stew for veterans. That's a big old pot of stew. I like that. Very good. Did, did uh, you read the Shane and in Oxford one? He said, "Hear Shane me out." In Oxford, deviled, deviled eggs. eggs with, I say, uh, this is you. I'm not. I don't like eggs with garlic hummus as the deviled part. So essentially, you, you, you give your thoughts. Hard-boiled egg whites with hummus. Yeah, so there's no egg yolk. I don't know. You tell me. I don't like eggs. I can't decide. I have a great deviled egg story. Do you want to hear it? It's, I can tell it real quick. Yeah, you got a tailgating. We were in the gro- we were in the grove before an egg bowl, and we're setting up for the tailgate. And one of the guy's moms was like, "Hey, Dad, open wide," and she put something in my mouth. And I was like, because I didn't know what it was, and it was a deviled egg, which I hate. And I'm just like, mmm, oh, God. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I, I walked over to the student union. We were right there by the Arch of Champions. I went over to the student union and spit it out. You, you, hate, so you hate them that bad? I don't, I don't, they're just, I, I don't eat eggs. Those are liquid chicken, man. I'm not eating those. They're, they're, they're not chicken. They're... I mean, most eggs aren't even... It's liquid chicken is what it is. You give that egg time, a chicken comes out. No, 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 that's the thing, no. They're not... At some point in its life. No, that's the thing, they're not fertilized. They're they're just I'm just eggs. saying. I'm just saying it's liquid chicken. <laughs> it's part. There's some chicken in there somewhere. Food Friday presented by Polks. We got a few more of your messages, so we'll keep reading them, because this is fun when we come back. Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi in all of my outfit today is brought to you by Genteel. Genteelapparel.com is the website. I am head to toe covered you in Genteel. Socks? They don't have shoes, so I've got all bird shoes on. But Genteelapparel.com is the website. I mean, I, I am as comfortable as comfortable can be, but also dressed for the weather. So they've got Q-zips. Uh, polos, the uh, collegiate collection as well. If you're looking for some gear for your team, I know basketball season has started, and those are climate controlled venues. So the the game day polo still applies to basketball season, y'all. So even though it's getting colder outside, you can still dress with your team colors. Genteelapparel.com. Check them out. Ben is a huge fan of uh, Delta State and uh, wants to give them a shout-out, and I'm going to oblige. He said, hey, guys, you do a great job. Delta State is 8-1, and one, and they play Mississippi College for homecoming tomorrow in Cleveland at 2. If they win, they win at least a share of the Gulf South Conference for the first time since 2011. They will have back-to-back titles. Also, the D2 playoff field is announced on Sunday at 5 p.m. on the NCAA's website, Go Statesman, says Ben. 
Appreciate you, Ben. Got somebody here. Makes you wonder who the first thought of eating eggs. Some random guy just said, I'm going to eat the next thing that comes out of that chicken's rear. And I reply with, I've always wondered that about milk. It's like, I don't know what those are hanging off that cow, but I'm going to squeeze it. And if anything comes out, I'm going to drink it. Well, milk makes Somebody sense. Somebody thought that for the first time in history. But but milk makes sense because humans do the same thing. So they're probably like, I wonder what they do. it's like, As, you know, weirdo. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's one thing if you, yeah, but if you, somebody saw a cow and was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to see what happens. Go see what that's all about. Yeah. I mean, who was the first person to eat meat? They're like, what'd you, what'd you do? I killed this deer. What are you going to do with it? Hear me out. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to come get it. I'm going to put it in my mouth and see what happens. We're like what? mushrooms. I mean, you're a madman. People had to figure out what mushrooms were edible, what mushrooms would kill yeah. you, and what mushrooms would make yeah. you see things. Yeah. Imagine the first guy that took a psychedelic mushroom on accident. Like, hey, that salad we had, um, is anybody <laughs> else messed up right now? That tree's talking to me, I, guys. It, I was like, I am, I something's not right, guys. What about oysters? That's another good one. Somebody popped yeah, that thing open and thought, I'm going to eat that. Like, not only am I going to eat that, I'm not gonna even going to cook it. I'm just going just gonna to slurp it down, see how it tastes. And a go- The first oyster. And, and think about it like this, right? The first oyster. So they didn't clean it, right? They probably just slurped it down. So yeah. this thing's full of sand and grit and God knows what. And it was, they were just like, you know, if you can get past the grit, it's really good. Who's the first one who's like, brainstorm here, idea, guys, let's clean them out, and then we'll eat them. Yeah. Where? Ted, you jeans, you madman. You're brilliant. You ever seen a gooey duck? Yeah, I have. That's a big old clam, yeah. Yeah. Somebody decided, you know what? Let's give that a shot. Yeah. Don't worry about the first guy that rode a bull. Worry about the second guy. <laughs> That's a good point. The first guy is just, just trying things out. The second guy saw what happened was like, no, I'm good. I'll try it. Oh, oh man. Pickles. Let's take a terrible vegetable and soak it in vinegar. It worked. I mean, no, it, it didn't. It did not work. Not a pickle guy? Oh, pickles are disgusting. I would never eat pickles. Nothing makes me. I like when I go get a sub at some places that give you a pickle. They'll ask, "Do you want a pickle?" And I, I will lay up. I'll seriously just look at them and go, "I can't think of anything I want less than a pickle." Please don't put a pickle. Like for every pickle I find, I will kill you. Got to make a note of that. Hey, Dad. Yeah. Let's see. Five forty-two and thirty seconds. Okay, we gotta, gotta say don't, that don't read that one, Borky. Borky, don't read that the first one there. Don't yeah, don't read I, that one. I, I I won't fall for that one. I mean, it's not very uh, not very veiled. David says, "Tell Hayden if you eat raw oysters in a restaurant, they aren't cleaned." What? What? How is that possible? 
Then why aren't you getting a mouthful of sand every time you eat them? Anyway, six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. The uh, we got a there's no name attached to this, but the flank steak stuffed with cream cheese and bell peppers and onions rolled up looks uh, amazing. Kudos to you, sir. Yeah, really good. Flank steak is an underrated cut of meat because you can do stuff like that. You can roll it up and make awesome stuffed steaks. Dwayne says, I know Richard gave me a hard time about Will playing. Love him, but thoughts on Will playing tomorrow? So we, we just we, we don't know, right? It doesn't seem like I don't expect but... him to play. I don't expect him to play. Simple as that. We've gotten texted don't a bunch about this, and, and you know we shouldn't just like chase or, or talk about every single rumor out there, but a lot of people have said something to us about the possibility of him playing at Southern Miss next year. What's, what's mm-hmm. up with that? Is that... Anything at all, or is It'd be that an just interesting, people talking? I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm, there's probably a little bit of both. You know, there's probably some truth in the middle there. His brother is down there. Um, that would be a place where I think he could be successful. Um, but the only thing that concerns me is outside of, of uh, not even, there's no such thing as true air raid, right? There's Mike, Mike Leach's air raid is different than everybody else's air raid. But there are still some places where the air raid is is, is the air raid, right? And, you know, Western Kentucky, what Hollings said it's doing there, places like that. I, I don't know that Will can step into an offense where you you got to have some mobility out of your quarterback and be successful. And that's, you know, Will Hall's offense is, is kind of built that way. So I, I don't know if Southern's a good fit for him or not. So if you said, Will, hey, Will Rogers is going to transfer next year, Western Kentucky would be my, my number one draft pick of where I thought, thought he would go. And, and you're certain that this is his last rodeo at Mississippi State anyway? I am certain of that. Hmm. Interesting deal there. You got any final thoughts on, on that game tomorrow? Other, I mean, unless there's more quarterback stuff, is there anything else that you're looking for? No. I mean, when you, when you talk about this game, you know, I, for me, it's just about what what kind of attitude is Mississippi State playing with? Are they playing with any give a crap? You know, I I, I didn't feel like offensively, especially in the first three quarters last week, they they they, they had a whole lot of juice. Um, so you know, being on the road against an A and M team that that's hungry for a win, you know, it could get ugly if you're not if you're not playing hard from start to finish. So I'm interested to see who starts at quarterback. You know, I I really feel. You know, in my gut, that he's going to go with the veteran over Parson, and he'll go with Wright to start the game and maybe make a change, which I think is a bad idea. I think it's a bad idea for anybody who's like, well, why would you do that? I, don't, I wouldn't do that. Coach Haydad wouldn't do that. But that's where I, I just feel like it's lean, I'm leaning towards that. Hmm. We shall see tomorrow in college station a lot of uh, obviously a lot of road games uh, nobody around uh, here this weekend so nah. hopefully you guys are cooking well again uh, extension of food friday presented by polks and uh, we finally got some rain and so there's there's a little cool off here the weather should be nice i mean should be a really nice weekend to, to hang around and, and cook and watch some football if you can if you can stomach it anyway we got a uh, listener. I made my wife watch your show today. She's amazed. I'm watching a radio show. You're watching a television show. Yes. If you're listening to it, you're on the radio. But his his wife's name is Lee, so she wants a shout out. She gets it. Shout hey, out Lee. to Lee. What's up? 
Yes, he's watching a radio show. Can you believe that man is letting his wife watch two handsome men like this? I wouldn't do that. What's his name? Because we need to talk to you, buddy. You got to be careful. Be careful out there. I mean, both of our DMs are open, too. We we need... No, mine aren't. No, absolutely not. I, I had my DMs open once. And immediately I got, hey, this is my highlight film. Can you help me get a scholarship? I was like, I'm done. 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 Because I cannot. In fact, me promoting you would make it less likely that you get a scholarship. You're you're going the opposite direction here, Imagine me calling up. They were both all baseball players. Like, imagine me calling up Lamonis being like, hey, this guy, he, he snuck into my DMs here. What do you think? Like, Brian, it looks like he's throwing 78. Yeah, you need somebody can change it up out of the bullpen. A little change of pace, sure. We get asked what uh, what I would do with the quarterback situation if Rodgers was healthy. If he was healthy, I'd play him because he's your best chance to win games. That yes, if Rodgers is healthy, that sh- that should be, he should start. I agree with that. Yeah, and if he wasn't, I would give Parson a shot because yes, that, what, that, what you... that is the these are the correct answers you're making here. Uh, but we will see. He said, awesome, she's blushing. Yeah, she's blushing because she's looking at us. <laughs> uh, we did get asked for our, our picks for at least the Ole Miss and State game. We'll give you those when we come back. Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. So I saw this from Ryan Brown earlier, and a texter reminded me to bring this up because it's true. I I wish I could say that I came up with these words on my own, but I didn't. He said the United States is not the greatest nation in the universe because of presidents or senators or members of Congress. It's great because of the United States veteran. And that is absolutely 100% true. All of the great accomplishments in our country, can be traced back to a veteran. So Veterans Day tomorrow, it's, uh, you know, we're obviously a sports show, and, and I love the Veterans Day stuff that they do at uh, at stadiums, and it's a shame we don't get to see what they would have cooked up here in Mississippi tomorrow. But, uh, yes, if you have served, if you uh, are a parent or currently serving right now, because I know there are some of you as well, uh, thank you does not do uh, what your decision is justice, but we thank you nonetheless. Brian Haydad, we already know what you think is going to happen in College Station tomorrow. What do you think is going to happen in Athens tomorrow? I think it'll be a good game. I think the, you'll go to the fourth quarter with Ole Miss having have an opportunity, maybe down a touchdown, but uh, then, then Georgia will get the score that puts the game on ice for them. My, my prediction is Georgia 38, Ole Miss 24. So I, I'm in the same bed as Bruce, if you will. I, I think that it's going to be a close game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there were some 
points in a game where the offenses struggle some. I mean, we've seen it at periods of times from both of them this season. Um, I don't know how impactful weather is going to be in that, but I, I do think it'll be a very close game. I think Ole Miss is going to play the, play well and play with nothing to lose, but I, I think Georgia will win. My score all week has been 28-24. I know it's kind of low scoring. may not be that low, but 28-24 is what I'm sticking with. Uh, Georgia wins. Ole Miss plays tough. So uh, we shall see. You know what things look like without uh, without Micah Pettis. We'll see what Brock Bowers brings to the table, if he can bring anything to the table for Georgia tomorrow. And, uh, I mean, it's a massive opportunity for Ole Miss. I mean, we talked about it earlier this week, but um, it, it would be validation uh, for a lot of things that, that Ole Miss people already think about their program and the trajectory that it's on, but it would be national validation should they be able to pull it off. So we'll see if they can. There you go. There you go. I, I just I just feel like Georgia's just a little bit too good. And at home, if this was in Oxford, maybe a little different. But in, in Georgia, I think they, 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 they get the win. And then in A&M, I mean, if State gets two touchdowns, I'll be pleasantly surprised. That's, that's the one thing that you could carry into the offseason before what we think is going to happen happens anyway, uh, is mm-hmm. if you get flashes from a young quarterback. That few things, nothing, can excite a fan base more than a new coach or a young quarterback that comes in late in the season and looks really, really good. You don't have to look really yeah. good. Just looks like they can be really good. And you spend the next yeah. six, eight months pumped up about the new coach and his new style and his new system or the quarterback that's going to spend all offseason just growing and getting better. This is this is college football 2023. You get those few, those few weeks of Chris Parson just looking like a stud and he's going to be good, and you hire a new coach, and then the day after signing day, he's in the portal. You're like, oh, no! <laughs> well, they're going to be looking in there for one themselves, so it, it they are. works They out, are, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you guys being week. here. It has been a long week. I'm, uh, I'm glad it's over. It's excited feels for like football. Next week, though, goodness gracious, we have three straight remotes next week. We are on location three days in a row next week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oof. Are you coming out? You, you please tell me you're going to be in Oxford next Friday. Uh, I don't know. You need you need to be there because otherwise it's just me in Oxford with the visit Oxford folks. And look, I'm a professional. I'll get through it. But my goodness, is that a is that an interesting look? So Oxford, great town, <laughs> love it here. Tell me more. Oh man. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you need to be in Oxford for that one because Richard won't be there. Somebody says Ole Miss has the team to compete, but my guess is they lay a emoji that I don't want to describe egg. on the radio. Egg. They lay an egg. egg. Egg is the word. You, you lose an egg. You lay, lay an egg. We appreciate you guys uh, making our show a part of your day, uh, whether it's uh, on Super Talk TV or C Spire TV or on the app or in the podcast or live on the 12 stations that scatter across this great state. We appreciate you. We thank you. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. If you're traveling, I got a text from somebody that's on their way to Athens listening to us on the app. And they said uh, somewhere outside of Birmingham, they were losing service. And uh, they they were mad uh, about that. And you know what he said? He said, fix your app. I'm like, where are you? He was like, Jasper, Alabama. I was like, buddy, it's not the app. 
<laughs> it's where you yeah. are. You, it's where you are. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday at 3 o'clock. For Richard and Hayden, I'm Borky. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.